Indeed, all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first and the last. And this season of worship, this season of Hajj, the fifth pillar of Islam, is about the beginning and the end point of our life. This is the time when the intelligent servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remember and be conscious of the very first day of the day when he or she were born. And it is also the time of the year when we shall remember and be fully conscious of the day when we shall leave this world. And hopefully we will also contemplate about everything that's in between those two critical points of our existence. This season of the year is a special true season of worship for us Muslims. And our great scholars of the past have told us we really indeed need to be so grateful, ever grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for making it so. For making certain parts of the year certain days of the week, certain months of the year, and then certain hours of the 24 hours a day and night that we have better than others. In case you didn't know, what is ahead of us? And today is the 20th of Dhul It's already a sacred holy month for us Muslims. Allah Almighty said in the Quran, indeed the year consists of 12 months. Four of which are sacred. They are Dhul Ka'ada, the month in which we are right now. The following one, the coming one, Dhul Hijjah. Then the next one, Al Muharram, which carries the name of sacredness. And then Allah's holy month, Rajab. These are sacred. And what it means to us by Allah making them special and so sacred in comparison to the rest of the year is for you and I to observe all the religious duties and obligations and responsibilities that Allah Almighty wanted us to observe. That's what it means for us. Draw closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by making most of those special moments. They are golden opportunities for you and I to return back to Allah. First and foremost. It's called, O you who believe, Ya Amanu. The Quran tells us. We want to say that we are believers in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we are so chosen for that. We are so blessed and happy that we are among those people whose spiritual hearts, the belief, Iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has entered. Allah is saying to you and I, Turn back to him with utmost sincerity. In this time of the year, a true smart believer will do exactly that. And he knows no matter what he or she do or does in their life, as long as they remember and they are fully conscious of the fact that Allah Almighty, who is the first and the last, as I said, who is so kind and forgiving, my brothers and sisters? 
is there waiting for you and I. He's waiting for you and I to wake up at night or to wake up early in the morning or to come to our local masjid on Friday noontime like now and pray to him, cry to him. Raise your voice. Don't have to shout. Call upon him. Turn to him. He shall hear your call. Answer your call. Accept it, inshallah, from you. And you shall see the benefit of it. That is the first thing I wanted to share with you today. But secondly, the Quran says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made our religion sit on five pillars. One of which is the pilgrimage, going to the sacred land. And this time of the year is all about precision, commitment, and punctuality of time and place, both. Especially for those who are selected, so to speak, carefully selected, chosen by Allah, hand-picked, as we say, to actually go and do the hajj this year or any other season of pilgrimage. It is all about punctuality of time and spaces, places. Allah made it so. So he said, Al-Hajju Ashurun Ma'alumat. Pilgrimage to Allah's house, to Mecca. But of course, part of it for us Muslims is also going to Al-Madinah, Al-Munawwar. So to the city of light, and the noble city, we intend to go at least once in our lifetime. And Allah told us it's at very specific time. Specific, very actually specific. The specific months of season of Hajj or pilgrimage, which is minor and major, so Umrah is included in this understanding of Al-Hajj, is Dhul Qa'da, this very month. The next, Dhul Hijjah. These are the, the months and Shawwal of season of pilgrimage and we understand from the sound traditions that our beloved messenger made four umrahs in his lifetime all of them were done in this month of dhul ka'ada except the one he performed during his farewell pilgrimage hajj that he did only once in his lifetime sallallahu alayhi wasallam so we emulate our messenger and we do the same and mashallah many millions of muslims are doing exactly that right now in this last week of Dhul Qa'ada and many millions have done it from the beginning of this month have already returned safely to their homes or lands. And may Allah make it very safe and blessed and truly spiritual for those who are yet to go until the end of this month and until the end of Dhul Hijjah which is the end of this year. And then we mark the beginning of the new Islamic year, 1445. Subhanallah. Now what you and I need to do during this time, and we are all in this continuous and constant battle against the time. You and I, every day will have one day less of our life. So what do we do for the last 10 days of Dhul Qa'da? And even more importantly, what are we meant to do for the first 10 days of the coming month, Dhul Hijjah? which according to our tradition are arguably the greatest 10 days of the year. And in it is the greatest day of the whole year. And there is a day which is perhaps second most excellent day of the whole year. 
the ninth, namely the ninth and the tenth of the Hijjah. The tenth so because majority of our rites and rituals and nusuk, al-ibadat, are carried out on that very day. Like from the ninth to the tenth, millions and millions of Muslims from all over the world will observe all five pillars of Islam. And in addition to that, many other rites and rituals that Allah wants us to perform so that we can draw closer and yet closer again and again to him subhanahu wa ta'ala. For that reason, it became the greatest day of the whole year. And it's equally great and excellent for the pilgrims and those who are not going to go on Hajj. Our tradition clearly says, Allah's messenger, not I, not any scholar of Islam, the messenger of Allah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made it a practice. He established a very beautiful sunnah of his. To do what? To fast for those who are not on the plain mount of Arafat, to fast the ninth of the Hijj. And by fasting that, he promised us in his beautiful blessed tongue that Allah will expiate for us our sins from this past year. What did I just say? We are heading towards the end of this Islamic calendar year. Allah will forgive us the sins of 1444. And not stop there. He's also willing to forgive us the sins that you and I are going to commit in 1445. We'll try not to commit any. But we acknowledge that we are humans and we certainly shall and will. And if it wasn't for Allah's forgiveness and blessings and mercy, you and I could be in trouble. But Allah is kind, my brothers and sisters and children. And merciful and loves to forgive. And as long as you know that and you keep going back to him and knock at the right door, which will remain open until you breathe your last or until the last day, you have a chance. A very good one indeed. So let us try to do that. Why did Allah Almighty attribute fasting to himself and his beloved messenger made it a beautiful practice on what arguably is the second most excellent day of the year. Because Allah said, Allah said it in Hadith Qudsi, every deed of children of Adam, of us humans, belong to us except fasting. Allah says, I attribute that particular noble act of worship to myself. Because fasting can only be done for Allah's sake. It's foolish to think that there is an element of ostentation in us giving up on food and drinks and giving up other carnal desires that we like to indulge in. But we don't from Fajr until the sun has set. And when we do do that, Allah is aware of that. And while we are fasting genuinely, we are conscious of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, our creator. And he's raqib. He's watching over us. Remember, he's watching over us. Especially so, our scholars said, during the sacred months of the year. And that's why they concluded 
perhaps the most significant thing for you and I to understand from all of this is to stay away from prohibited things. And that's exactly what the Haji symbolizes from the moment he goes, leaves his home until he returns home if he's destined to return home. By putting on his ihram and going there, he symbolizes that very element. And he is actually remembering the starting point of his life, of his existence. And very much preparing for the very last point of his life. And maybe there is no other time when we will actually wear something like that. Even for the female pilgrims. They are allowed to wear their normal clothes. But they are amid, means in the midst of those white shrouds, so to speak, ihrams. Can't notice that, but they are all equal, same. No one can differentiate between a king and a primary school student, right? Even a child, even a child that wears nappies. Or equally their hajj will be accepted because certain ahkam of sharia don't apply to minors. But the reward and their intention does count. They will be credited and their parents for it. Everyone is equal there. Male and female, young and old, tall and short. Every single person. And that is the message that will be sent out quite powerfully and strongly across the globe in a few days' time. But even for those of us who may stay behind and not have the privilege and opportunity to perform the fifth pillar of Islam, and to go and do actual tawaf of Allah's holy house. And touch it. And connect in that way with it and with Allah. And then immediately link themselves to the one that is above it. But that is being surrounded and circulated by Allah's pure servants, angels. And remembering all that and entering the, sing, the synergy of all heavenly bodies that are in the very same movement, doing tawaf means praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At every moment, kullun fi falakin yasbahun. Yasbahun. Everything is swimming in that motion, in that move praising their creator, their Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can actually envisage that and feel that and join the tawaf of the rest of Allah's khalq. By submitting to him. And that's what it is. Al-Hajj Istislam. This is the time for you and I. An invite from God Almighty at this special pure and blessed season of worship. To question ourselves and to submit to the Lord of the Lords. The Lord of the universe. Our creator Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you don't have the chance to stand on Arafat you have that chance to fast and your sins will be forgiven as the hadith said. But not even that. Allah knows best. It could be your intention. You might get a better reward than someone who actually stood on that plain mount of Arafat. Allah knows best. It's your intention and the purity of your intention which determines the outcome of your deeds and its reward, blessing. 
So we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to perform the fifth pillar of our religion so that we go and become Allah's chosen ones, his special guests. Whether it's a minor or main, major pilgrimage, but we want to step on all those places where Sayyidina Ibrahim and Ismail and Ismail's mother Sayyidina Hajar and other prophets of Allah walked on especially our beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and why not go to Al-Madinah Al-Munawwara the city of light and have our own special dialogue with our messenger about the predicament of our Muslim ummah when the Hajj is calling for unity equality and solidarity and where are we from all those أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله العظيم لي ولكم فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم سبحانك اللهم نستغفرك ونتوب إليك ونصلي ونسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم